Hi, hello, welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is March 17th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well, in good spirits, with high hopes. Um, as for me, we're doing pretty good. I feel like we're, you know, we're on track, you know, we're chugging along. Um, I decided to treat myself. Um, so, you know, here's the food corner, we can just get into that. I, um... I saw this advertisement for Pizza Hut, and so you already know this is like kind of a bad news story. Um, but they were selling this new pizza, and it was the New Yorker. And I gotta say, I think if I gotta pick out all the styles of pizza, the New Yorker is my favorite. I kind of like whenever a pizza place gets it, even though I know we're really just at this point just doing slices. It's just different than slices, but um, it appeals to me. And um, I was getting a little bit of FOMO because I didn't get the Detroit pizza because I had this vibe of like, this is Pizza Hut pizza. It's not going to be good. Excuse me. So, you know, here I am tempted. I missed out on one one of these pizzas. They moved on to the next signature thing, whatever. It looked okay on the commercial, you know, Um, dude from the office. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember his name. He was the dude from downstairs. Um, but anyway, he did the commercial. And he's also a hot tub time machine. Um, but um, And I was like, he was selling it, man. And I'm like, this pizza's looking pretty good. So I go ahead and order it. That's my Friday treat. And, you know, I, I knew I shouldn't have done this. You know, I, I knew I had food at home. I, I You know, I could have been making my own thing, doing my own thing. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to eat this pizza. <laughs> so I get it. And I get a pepperoni and pineapple pizza, the New Yorker style. And they say it's extra large, six slices. So, of course, my fat ass is going to eat this extra large pizza in like 15 minutes. And I do. Um, You know, kind of proud of that kind of not. Because honestly, it wasn't that good. If I'm going to rate it on pizzas, it was like a 5.5. I'm I'm giving it the point five because at least the crust wasn't like bad. But I think the thing I hate um, when I get a New York style pizza is when I lift it up. Like I don't mind that it's flimsy. If you give me a flimsy version, that's fine. I can take that. I'd rather it be like sturdy. I, I think you should be able to do two things. You should be able to have like a sturdy kind of thing, which the p- uh, the pizza pizza was able to do. But, like, you couldn't fold it, you know? Like, the crust was too hard to do that. And I was kind of like, whatever. Like, fine. Um, and it just tasted not... Oh, it, it, it tasted, like, okay. It just tasted all right. Um, I, I I feel like I can never talk too much shit if I eat the whole thing. So I ate the whole thing. <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. I know. I, I get too into the food, food shit, I know. But... This is half of a food blog, in my opinion, and then the other half is news. So, well, food and then, like, you know, my, my little personal things. I, I, like, divulge a little bit, yeah. Um, all right, enough about me. Let's talk about the news. Um, usually, I give you guys one heaping serving of Ukraine news, Ukraine-Russian news, and I move off of it for the week. Um, I think since I've transitioned to, like, more episodes, it's a little bit harder to do that. Um, so, you know, bear with me. I'm sorry. Um, but we got a couple of things to talk about, uh, again. Uh, but let's see. From ABC News, Slovakia after Poland agrees to give Ukraine Soviet jets. 
So these jets are Soviet-era MiG-29 fighter jets. Uh, Slovakia's government on Friday approved a plan to give Ukraine its fleet of 13 of them. So this was all intent, like, not, um, I'm trying to think of the word. They did this after the fact of Poland announcing on Thursday that they were going to do this. And they're giving about a dozen of MiG-29, um, fighter jets. So this is, um, maybe escalation is the wrong word. But this is a development, right? Got the burpees. Ooh, definitely that pizza also gave me heartburn, but that's on me. I can't blame Pizza Hut for all that. Uh, I took on that red sauce. But um, let's see. Like, like I get it. I, I think this also lines up, too, when you get a chance to see how much money is kind of getting made off of this. Um, Slovakia will receive 200 million euros or $213 million um, from the European Union as compensation and unspecified arms from the United States worth 700 million euros or $745 million um, in exchange for giving its MiG-29 fleet to Ukraine. Um, And I imagine then, you know, you got to think that Poland's also getting some kind of stipend, compensation, whatever, as well for doing this. And also, there's something to add, that these jets are kind of useless. Like, at least to these to these two countries. They already, like, have a bit of a fighter jet force. This is already an obsolete force, especially since the um, Ukraine-Russia conflict bullshit started. Um, it's forced a situation where the people who were... Like the Russian op, uh, what, technicians, repairmen, mechanics, whatever the fuck that you want to call them, um, they went back home. They left. So these kind of jets are just already kind of inoperable anyway. And now they get to turn them into a profit, um, which I mean, we can say time and time again on this podcast, war is just profit, right? Um, it's a sad kind of fact here. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, this is something that Ukraine wants. Zelensky has wanted fighter jets. Because like I said, I mean, this is something now that's going to allow him more tools to use. Uh, but um, I don't know. It's it's definitely a new development. I'm not going to say I'm surprised, though. Uh, that being said, on the American side, they aren't providing their, I think they're like F-29s or something like that. Uh, but uh, also in terms of, like, new jets that Slovakia is getting, and I, once again, I'm imagining that Poland's going to get them too, is potentially new jets. So you see this kind of, like, motion that kind of takes place, right? So, uh, you know, everyone's kind of winning in war like this, huh? Um, everyone's getting what they want. <laughs> but I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to kind of cover here. That being said, you know, despite my tone or candor, I, I don't want to sit there and say, like, oh, this is, like, super terrible, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think this is all kind of just inevitable business that kind of happens. Um, I, I do think that this leading into the next thing we're going to talk about are things that, like, you know, I keep trying to dodge the word. But, yeah, it is a, a ramp up. Uh, but I mean, we just covered the other day how, you know, literally from the Russian side, they're, you know, 
buzzing over drones and dumping jet fuel on them. So, you know, shit, it, it, it's it's heating up in a way, I guess. You know, we're we're hitting that springtime thing, and I'm, I imagine there's gonna be more activity. But like I said, it really wasn't too much of a lull. Maybe like two three weeks like if that i don't even know like wasn't too much of an ice over in terms of the action in terms of ukraine uh but from the next thing is from reuters uh let's see icc judges issue arrest warrant for putin over war crimes in ukraine uh let's see the international criminal court issued an arrest warrant on friday against Russian President Vladimir Putin, accusing him of war crime, of elite, accusing him of the war crime of illegally deporting hundreds of children from Ukraine. Now, this is a story I haven't really covered too much in terms of um, what's been happening in terms of like orphanages and then also just some other like child service situation things that when these Russian forces have come into these areas and taken over, they have, like, given passports to and shipped these kids, you know, to Russia, uh, to new families. And essentially, they're living new lives there. And obviously, this is something that's a big development. That's not something that's okay. Um, But this is something that is officially now going to be used as an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin, which is now going to kind of, it, it puts us all on in this path now where it's like, look, you are officially like persona non grata. Like you can't step foot in any of these countries that, um, you know, follow these accords. Uh, let's see. The bold legal move will obligate the court's 123 member states to arrest Putin and transfer him to the Hague for trial if he sets foot on their territory. Now, granted, I also want to add, too, that this was, like I said, it, it was inevitable this is going to happen. Once Putin set this all in motion, I, I have to think that he knew he wasn't going to be a welcome man in a lot of countries. Uh so, you know, we're here now. It's just the it happens to be over this the issue of children. I also got to add here, too. I know when I initially heard this story, when I listened to it, I think I first heard it on a daily episode. I know I reference them a lot, but I listen to them a lot. Um, but they talk about how this has been going on. And I initially just went to like, oh, my gosh, it's probably like super terrible that they're treating the children badly. Like. Just because, like, I just think, you know, my head's in a wartime situation. You just think the worst. But it does turn out, like, like these are going to, like, families. They're taking care of them. At least the stories I've been hearing. I haven't heard, like, you know, super negative stories. But I have to say, you know, if I know anything about our foster care system, you know, adoption shit, things can go south and go really bad, really fucking quick. And sometimes it just doesn't get reported, talked about. You know, there's tons and tons and tons of stories like that. So I wouldn't be surprised that's happening here. But it's definitely a fucked up situation, even if they are in good homes, because it's like some of these kids don't want to be there at all. Like they didn't ask to go here. They were just they were they were taken from where they were, their orphanage, their place, and they were moved, you know, to a whole other country. So that's that's a big deal. And the fact that these kids are not allowed back, like they're they're forced to stay here whether they want to or not, like you know, that's not a good situation. That's not okay. So I I can see how this is something that makes it 
to, uh, you know, an arrest warrant. Uh, let's see. Moscow has repeatedly denied accusations that its forces have committed atrocities during its one-year invasion of its neighbor, and the Kremlin branded the court decision as null and void. So essentially, they're just saying, no, 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 boo-boo, stick your head in doo-doo, we can't hear you. Um, and they're just going to make their moves, you know, as calculated. Like, they're still going to hang out with the people that allow them to hang out. Um, I don't think uh, Putin's going to be in the U.S. anytime soon. <laughs> but, um, you know, this, this was a development. Because, like I said, now like it, there's a no turning back thing because uh, essentially the sanctions won't come off until um putin and i imagine people in the future are also going to fall under an arrest warrant like until these people are brought to justice right until they're sitting in the hague facing for their trials um they do have a little list of people who have like made the list for this uh da, da, da. see if i can find it before we move along uh, Putin is the third serving president to be the target of an ICC arrest warrant after Sudan's Omar al-Bashir and Libya's Muammar Gaffati. Ooh, they talk about Gaffati. All right, we can go ahead and move along. Um, France's Macron risks his government to raise retirement age. It's from the AP, Associated Press. Um, so initially this was a development that I, I, like, this was a ramp up, right? Like we've talked a little bit about this situation before, I think maybe just once on the podcast. Um, also, sorry if this is coming up on the background audio. I have very loud, interesting neighbors (laughs) that I try, I try to keep a low key profile. So if you ever hear weird, loud noises, um, there's, there's nothing untoward here. And this is not a true crime podcast. There's nothing weird. Uh, this is just, you know, <laughs> city living, I guess. Um, anyway, we've talked about the story with uh, Macron and France and the retirement age going from what I believe is 62 to 64. Um, there's some protests about it. We're like, yes, rah, rah, we support. Um, you know, France knows how to th- knows how to do a good protest. And we, we love that here. Um that being said, Macron had an ace in the hole that he decided that he wanted to use, um, and he ordered his prime minister to wield a special constitutional power Thursday that skirts parliament to force through a highly unpopular bill raising the retirement age from 62 to 64 without a vote, which I also need to add right here that I believe, if I'm reading this correctly, that the vote wound up happening in his favor anyway. So this really just winds up being a huge blunder on Macron's part, who I have to say is a centrist, um, which, once again, I, I like Macron in the sense of he's taught me what a centrist looks like in practice. Because sometimes, like, I think it can be a good thing to be a middle-of-the-road guy. It can save you a lot of fucking flack. But inevitably, you will choose things. And they, they will expose you for who you are and what you're doing. And in this, and that being said, there's just something really slimy about how Macron's moved about this. And I've learned a little bit, yet again, from the Daily, thank you, um, that he's been pushing this, you know, throughout his whole, you know, presidential shit. Like, he's wanted this to happen for a while. 
But then COVID happened. He had to focus on other things. But now that he's in his second term, he beat Marie Le Pen, whatever. This was like top of the bill. He wanted to get this done. But the idea that he wanted to get this done so bad that he used powers that he didn't need to use. In the long run, he didn't need to use it. The conservatives were going to toe the line. But he was so unsure about this and wanted it so bad. He was so horny for it. And for me, it's like, why? Why, dude? Like, in the scheme of things, like, because now um, Parliament is going to vote for no confidence, potentially. Um, if they can gather enough votes to, like, make that happen, it's potentially going to dissolve his government and make things more complicated for him. This is also just a huge black eye for him. It just, it doesn't work out. Um, at least not in my mind. I mean, he gets what he wants here in the short run, but... If you're worrying about making a big legacy, something that like looks good, nice and clean, I just think this isn't it. Not to mention the protests, which is what initially I wanted to cover was as a ramp up there. Um, I believe like the municipal works or whatever, like they've just been also adding to the shutdown and protesting. And so there's literally just been trash piling up on the streets and just people talking about like this, like this disgusting smell, it's gross, it, you know. And people are dedicated to this. You know, it's it's also, I believe, like, you know, train operation in terms of, like, you know, the Metro stuff or whatever. Like, they're down. Maybe it's not the Metro. I don't know. Whatever. But essentially, people are really putting their foot down. They're like, no, we don't want to do this. We do not want to work longer. We don't care that other European countries are doing this or whatever. We don't, we don't give a shit about that. Like, and I like that idea. I like that understanding that they are holding on to this, like, cultural nostalgia maybe that they have or what have you or this. And I, maybe it's just more than cultural. I think it's just human to just want to be like, I'm done working. I want to live my life. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to toil for the rest of my time until I'm dead. But you know I like talking about the what? The system. And the capitalist systems that play here internationally, you know, they demand you. They demand your whole body until you cannot use it anymore. And the second you are useless, you're useless. And what they define as use is work. And they want you in society working. And that makes them the most money. And I think this has been painted by Macron and his administration as like, hey, this is going to keep us viable. And the thing that I think makes me the most mad is that it was asked of him, do you want to like, if you want this so bad, let's just tax the rich. They can take the burden and we don't have to raise the age at all. And for Macron, that's a non-starter. So I'm like, once, like, who are you serving here? It's not the people. Clearly, it's not the people. You were so scared of the people affecting this whole process for you that you put your exclusive power at play here. So who are you serving, right? And once again, it's a censorist. It's this guy. And to me, once again, we're moving into the speculation. I think you do this to appease big business. I think it's a corpo play. And I'm sure it's going to make them happy. And maybe him post his term. Maybe it's less about a legacy and more about a paycheck. Who knows? Time will tell. Hopefully I'll be there to talk about it. <laughs> um, we can go ahead and move along here uh, to CNN. Biden administration approves controversial Willow Oil Project in Alaska, which has galvanized online activism. 
Um, the Biden administration has approved the massive willow oil drilling project in Alaska, angering climate act advocates and setting the stage for a court challenge. Um, this is something I wasn't super hit to. I've kind of learned a little bit about it, uh, this week. Uh, but this is like a oil drilling venture that has been in the talks, like in like potential works, um, for a really long time, like, you know, decades long, apparently. Um, but essentially they want to open up Alaska for drilling and, you know, more or less make a lot of money. Now, granted, for Alaska, this actually does, you know, make money. It does make jobs, all this kind of stuff. But it's really disheartening. It's really scary. It's really upsetting to know that you had this president talking all this kind of shit and we're doing all these kind of like climate change conferences and all this kind of stuff we've talked about and we have these lines that we're going to try to bring down you know these emissions we're going to like work towards a future that's cleaner we're going to fight climate change but this just seems like a concession to that it doesn't seem like we're making any headway here and to counteract this whole Willow Project thing that I think Biden knew was going to blow up in his face to, you know, his base. Um, he has added that, like, hey, we're going to, like, do some more stuff for, like, Alaska. We're going to protect things. Um, and that's going to be good, right? That's going to be awesome. But people are like, that's not going to negate this, these, this drilling. Like, what you're doing is only going to make things worse and you should already be doing that. So um, that being said, there are people in Alaska, at least in terms of like, you know, politicians. And I'm also sure, too, that you could find people who are like, yes, like we do support this because it's going to make jobs, it's going to make money for for Alaskans. And that's great. And that's awesome. And I, I got to agree. That's cool, man. Like we, we all need money. We all need that. And I also think, you know, kind of talking back to the... Um, Ukraine Russia thing, I think this inevitably kind of ramps up this conversation, this idea, this thought, and it makes it easier for lobbyists to push. Because when we see this this thing with like, oh, you know, Russia, you know, had so much oil, right? And now they're not going to give any to us, right? And it, it makes you do that lizard brain response to be like, oh my gosh, it's so scary. And this is like all like leading to more inflation, but we have our own oil, right? We should just be getting our own oil for ourselves. And then we don't have to worry about it. And then all of a sudden you care even less about the environment and it just doesn't take much. And that's a sad thing. Like it's just not hard to sway people into the notion that like we should just keep farming the earth and not care about our future, not care about our, your kids' future and your kids' kids. Um, you know, the animals and all that kind of shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they initially had a, a more reserved plan. And, you know, essentially, once again, they were just able to get lobbied down. So it went from like two drilling pads, now three drilling pads. And um, I, I do love this tact um, that the media does. And I'm sure the Biden administration pulls out. They always like to throw out they're like, well, you know, these are Trump administration things. And because of that, you know, we're all on the hook and we can't, you know, we got to just deal with it. We got to take the hit. Um, they also talk about lawsuits, things of that nature, which that is true. You know, inevitably the opposition is going to do that. But I really do feel like if you are 
you are voted in on this idea of making these changes, you should do your damnedest to make them happen. Um, instead of, you know, selling us this middle of the road shit, you know, We're, we've talked about Macron being a centrist. In a lot of ways, I don't feel like Biden is that different. I think Biden just sold us a dream. We bought it. And, you know, we're getting half it at that. Really a third. <laughs> um, and it's a shame because that's like the best case scenario of the two. If that's, you know, the kind of world you want, you know, you, you get this big pitch and then you get the reality, which is just such an undersell. And it's very sad. Um, at least, you know, once again, from my opinion, my, you know, my perspective. Um, let's see here. Um... But like I said, I also do add, like, you know, protecting wildlife is, is dope. That's cool. We like that. But it's going to be hard to protect the wildlife when they don't have homes because, you know, climate change fucked that shit up. That being said, though, I, I think something that's uh, another bummer is I don't feel like any of the solutions that are really presented are helpful, you know, as opposed to just saying, like, oh, we all opt in as humans to do less, like, to do, to use these things less, to use our cars less, to do tra less transportation you know, all that kind of stuff. You're just not going to stop that kind of beast. There's just too many people in the world growing too much, and it's hard to get them all to say, okay, yeah, we agree. We don't want to do that because of our future future. Um, I don't know. I could talk about this kind of shit all day, and I probably shouldn't because hell, half the time I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Um, anywho, we have one more story. Um, it's local. It's a little bit of Ohio news. I try to talk about it when I can since, you know, I live here. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Also, a little bit of more personal news. I had too much caffeine today, and because I just had like three hours of sleep. Thank you, insomnia. And I just came home, and I was still jittery from like all the energy drinks and coffee I drank. Um, but I was like, I have to take a nap, so I took a nap, and now I'm gonna be up for like I don't know, probably like the rest of the night. <laughs> But, you know, I, I'm glad I'm able to be wide-eyed and bushy-tailed for my podcast. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let me take my break. All right. From Fox 19 now, always local, always now. Two women injured after pickup truck goes airborne, lands near Purina plant, OSP. I'm pretty sure when I initially saw this headline or the headline about this, it was like truck, truck lands or car, whatever, lands in Purina plant. So it was very much more of a like a clickbaity thing. But that being said, this is a, you know, more of a sad um, incident um, that took place. And I don't really have too much reasoning here, but two women were seriously hurt in a single vehicle crash in Batavia Tuesday night, according to the Ohio State or the Ohio State Highway Patrol. Uh, troopers say a Ford F-150 driven by uh, Laura Strofe of Mount Oreb was traveling east on State Route 32 around 7 30 uh strove took off or took the exit to half acre road and went through the intersection at the top of the ramp 
at a high rate of speed, OSP says. Uh, the pickup went off the right side of Half Acre Road, went airborne, landed at the bottom of an embankment, and continued through some brush before stopping in a parking lot near the new Perina pet food plant, troopers wrote in a news release. Um, let's see. Troopers say Pratt has life-threatening injuries and Strauss injuries are described as serious. Um, I do want to say all this to say, and I know this is going to sound naggy and clingy or shitty, whatever, but you, hear me out. You've made it this far. State troopers say their pre preliminary investigation determined both women were not wearing seatbelts. Please just wear a seatbelt, y'all. I'm not saying that in this situation. I don't. We don't know what happened, why they went off the ramp and they did this GTA style thing, and it, it happens. Like I don't know, whatever. Maybe if we find out, I will definitely update. But please wear your seatbelt. Just wear your seatbelt. That, that's something for me that, like, I, I try not to gripe about it, especially if I'm in someone else's car or whatever. But if you're a loved one, if you're, like, you know, someone, especially here, because we have a legal thing where it's, like, you have to wear a seatbelt. Like, even if you're, I mean, the only way you can't wear a seatbelt if you're in the back seat. I'm not going to, like, you know, pull out on you, big push seatbelt on the back. I'm going to blow the fucking back seat away. But, like, if you're a passenger, if you're on the passenger side of this best friend's ride, then you have to wear a seatbelt. I'm sorry. You just have to. I'm going to wear one. You're going to wear one. We're going to click it, okay? So I don't get a ticket. <laughs> Please. And and I just think it's a safety thing. You know what I mean? It can help. It can just definitely fucking help. Um, I hate when motherfuckers try to, like, do the anti thing. Like, there's certain times where you can actually still die or get hurt because of the seatbelt. That's like trying to say that the airbag killed you, bro. Like, the airbag does more good than harm. Seatbelts do more good than harm. Please just don't be cringe. Just don't be weird about this. <laughs> um, but that's all I got. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, good. We, we, I feel like we made good, decent time here. I like that. Um, I got a shill, though. Patreon.com says Isaiah News. If you'd like to become a newsie, support the podcast, $5 a month. Uh, but it gets you monthly access to extra episodes. I do an extra episode about once a week. And also gets you the quick link to the Discord, which is free. Discord is free. Just got to find it or talk to me, which please always talk to me. I like talking about news and stuff like that. But um, also you get um newsy status newsy status <laughs> and um you get a shout out once a month so there's that and you get a free um you know ad plug whatever you want to promote yourself promote your stuff i'm down to do that um but yeah then uh there's gmail um isaiah news one at gmail.com if you want to do the free free back free back feedback <laughs> And I'm also on Facebook and I'm also on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, and as well as me and this this podcast, I post pictures on the Instagram, too. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I love getting a chance to talk to you guys. Um, if it's corrections, I love that. It, it makes me better. I love trying to do the best news I can do. I love talking about news, period. I like I had some friends come up to me and talk about the ICC Putin shit. And that made my night. I love that. I know people think that's lame and I'm a nerd and, and that that's who I've become. Okay. This is who I am. I'm embracing that. And, um, if you ever want to talk about it with me, awesome. By all means, like hit me up, hit my line. Uh, but that's all I got. 
Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.